Hey, this is James McCoy. Welcome to the JM Sports and Wrestling Podcast, where you will hear the latest in wrestling and sports. Nothing here is off limits, so let's have some fun. So I'm going to do this first segment as a remembrance of the life of Keith Jackson, famous college football sports sports announcer that passed away today at 89. And I don't know about you, but what got me hooked on the college football in general was listening to him every Saturday. Um, if you weren't watching the games on TV or maybe you were listening to it on the radio, say you were in the car with your family traveling and you were listening to your, you know, to whatever game he was calling, he had a way of making you see what was going on without you necessarily having to watch it. The way he was describing what was happening, you were just hooked. You could sit there, be sitting in the passenger seat or in the back seat, and you could just be instantaneously hooked because of the way he was describing what was going on. He just had that way of hooking you. And, you know, I think of a lot of sportscasters now who who I like. Um, Mike Tirico, who calls Notre Dame games. You know, I, I grew up watching him as well, and he he's really good at what he does. Um, John Madden, you know, famous you know, Raider coach and um, teaming up with Pat Summerall and, you know, calling for games on Fox. And those guys are legendary. And then for college football, you have this man. The last thing, and, and it's not really, I guess, necessarily the last thing, but it was before he retired, was the college football national championship game with USC and Texas. Vince Young on that fourth down scamper into the end zone. If you watch that game, you could just hear the excitement in his voice because he knew that this is what college football is all about. Games that come down to the wire, the excitement, the passion. This guy didn't lack any of it. This man, you always waited for Saturdays because you wanted to know what game he was going to call. So you can make sure that you set your schedule by, okay, I have to watch this game because he's calling the game and he's one of my favorites. I have a buddy on Facebook who explained it perfectly today. Mark Sidebottom, here's a shout out to you, man. If you didn't fall in love with college football pretty much by listening to this man, then what made you fall in love with it? Because I, because personally me, I know a lot of people who said Keith Jackson got me into college football. And listen, he's like that salesman that tries to pitch you on something, right? Tries to sell you something. And, you know, we see salesmen and we're like, eh, no thanks, we're not interested. But here's the thing. He didn't have to come to your front door to sell you. He just did it from where he was at. He did it from the announcer's booth. And he did it by showing you what was going on on the field. And he had you hooked. That's what he did. A lot of memories. And for me personally, me being 34 years old, so I'm still relatively young. But I know there's people out there who are a lot older than me who know more about this man's history. He also called Major League Baseball games. He also called NBA games. And he also called... Olympic sports. He did college football from 1952 to 2006. That's 54 years of calling games. And the final game that he called 
was like I alluded to earlier, the national championship game at the Rose Bowl with USC and Texas. College football is not going to be the same without you. Um, good thing for ESPN that they have ESPN Classic, so we can always listen to uh, old Keith Jackson games that he called if we ever want to hear how college football or any sport should be called. More announcers need to take this guy's, follow this guy's example. Bring more passion into what you're doing. If you love it, then let it spill out all over, all over, whether it's TV or radio. You will be missed. Rest in peace, Keith Jackson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back and we will talk about WWE's page forcing to retire. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And before we move on to Paige, I just wanted to say one last thing about Keith Jackson. Um, my thoughts and prayers go out to your family. Um, praying for all of you. And just know that he will never be forgotten. And your father did a lot of great things for the sport of college football. And he will forever be missed. All right. So we're going to transition to the news of the week and that is Paige as the report is being let out by several media outlets that she's being forced to retire due to her, her reoccurring neck injury and for anyone that's unfamiliar with her neck injury she had broken her neck had surgery and she was out for over a year she'd only been back for a few weeks and at a house show she took a double kick to the back of her neck by Sasha Banks and fell forward and slammed her face into the mat. And it was originally being talked about that she had a stinger, that that's what she suffered. Um, it's coming out now that the injury was more severe and it falls in line with Edge, what he, what forced him to retire, which would be spinal stenosis, I believe is what it's called. If that's true, it's unfortunate. She's only 25 years old, you know, just getting into her physical prime. And let WWE again is looking out for their competitors and saying, listen, you have this neck injury and you need to really, they don't want to take any risks of her becoming paralyzed at all. And I would make the argument why clear her to begin with. When Edge had it, he admitted that he was wrestling on borrowed time. So Edge knew he didn't have very long. Now, granted, I think he wrestled another seven or eight years, I believe is what it was, before starting to feel the effects. Now I'm seeing backlash on social media about it being Sasha Banks' fault. Here's where I stand with this. Paige's neck was already compromised. When you go through any sort of major surgery like that, you're compromised. It could be issues with your spinal cord. It could be in issues with your hamstring, your knee, your shoulder, concussions. Your head is compromised. So to sit there and say it's Sasha's fault, if it wasn't Sasha who did a move, it could have been Bailey. It could have been Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Asuka. The point is, is that it was going to unfortunately happen. 
it was going to. There's no way of, and it could have happened a year from now, eight years from now, like edges. The point is, is that everyone out there who was ripping Sasha Banks, look, does Sasha have a record of injuring people? Yeah, she does. And look, when you sign up for this profession, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yes, you're not getting into having someone legitimately hurt you. And I don't think that's what the case was here. It was just something that happened that was a freak accident. So all of you out there ripping Sasha Banks, come on. These people know what they're getting themselves into. They know what they're signing themselves up for. I mean, it's like a police, it's like a guy signing up to want to be a police officer. He know he or she knows the risks. They know the risks of what's going to happen when, when you sign up that you may not come home. You could get hurt. It's in anything you do. You take the risks. So I'm calling for people to stop slamming Sasha. It was a freak accident. And it's unfortunate Paige has to retire from WWE. But it doesn't mean that she's retiring from all of wrestling. She'll have options out there when her contract expires. Or if WWE chooses to release her out of her contract. She will have options. You will definitely see her back in a ring somewhere. I mean, her parents over in Britain own their own wrestling company. You'll see, you'll see Paige back in a ring at some point. Ring of Honor, whatever. You will see her back. She's 25. She's stubborn. She ain't stopping for anything. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am back and I'm going to continue on this page forcing the retire talk. And listen, I want to elaborate on something that I said in the late last segment, and that's when I compared it to Edge, I did say that it's possible we see Paige in another ring at some point down the road. These symptoms will not get better. If it's as bad as what's being reported out there, at some point, Paige is going to have to have another surgery. Edge had to have another surgery. Um, surgery is inevitable for her. Um, they can maybe push it off and hope that the symptoms do kind of you know ease up. But if not, she'll have to have another surgery. I mean, Sting, Sting's in the same boat. Um, he needs to have another surgery. He's put it off. He's said that in interviews, when it's come to wanting to wrestle The Undertaker, that he's had no issues with weakness or tingling since the Seth Rollins buckle bomb move. So again, everyone's different. Everyone's body's different. And it could be that those symptoms kind of ease off, but it doesn't mean that it's still not a risk. I mean, Edge had to have the surgery. Sheamus most likely will have to have it. Stone Cold had it and Lita's had it. All of them have had the surgery and are most likely going to need to have another one. You have to be weary of your health. And I just want to just elaborate on that because I didn't want you guys to think I was saying that it could get better because it won't. When you have damage to your neck like that, yeah, you can fix the damage, but it's not, it's not going to be the same as what your, your neck's never going to be the same. No matter what you do, that body part will no longer be the same. It's going to be compromised. 
The future for Paige is uncertain. Um, she could possibly be a manager for, for this group she came in with. She could stay on as a manager. She could, if she really wants to stay, I'm sure they'll come up with something for her to do. If not, she'll have plenty of other options out there. Um, I, I do wish her the best. And I do hope that whatever she does, that she's happy. I mean, she's 25. Never want to wish injury on anyone. And again, you people out there who are blasting Sasha Banks, telling her that she should die and that she deserves to rot in hell or, you know, whatever nasty thing I've seen. You need to really step back because you're not a true fan. True fans don't do this. True fans don't destroy people this way. And you should be ashamed of yourselves. People make mistakes. And I've been very hard on Seth Rollins in the past because of injuries he's caused. Sting with that buckle bomb like I alluded to earlier. Um, Finn Balor at SummerSlam. That buckle bomb move into the, you know, safety barrier. And the way Finn landed. Mistakes happen. And injuries happen. That's just the way it is. If I go up for a rebound and come down on someone's foot and I break my ankle, is it the person's foot that I fell on's fault? No. It was just an accident. You know, if I'm Gordon Hayward in the basketball game and I come down and land on someone's foot and I completely blow out my ankle and knee, is it that person's fault? No. It's an accident. Sasha did not set out to injure Paige. Shit like that's going to happen. So Paige, I do wish you the best. And I know this seems like a very heavy sports topic today, but um, unfortunately, that's just what, you know, that's, it just happens. Um, so Paige, thank you. You were the first ever Divas and NXT Women's Champion at the same time when you beat AJ Lee, when you debuted a few years ago after WrestleMania the night after. And you did awesome for as long as you've been there. All right. So when I come back, I'm going to hit on the Eagles. We got NFL playoff action. Going to hit on the Eagles. They're up 6-3 right now. I will tell you how that happened when we come back. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back, and we are here to talk about the NFL playoffs. We are into the divisional round this week, and the first game on right now is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Atlanta Falcons. And before we went to break, I said that it was 6-3 Atlanta. I'm sorry, 6-3 Philadelphia. And as soon as I said that, touchdown comes across the screen as Matt Ryan hooks up, hooks up with Devontae Freeman for a touchdown, giving the Falcons now a 10-6 lead. And it's been sloppy play by the Eagles. You know, Nick Foles is their quarterback. Carson Wentz going down week 14 in that game against the Los Angeles Rams with a torn ACL. And so right now, Atlanta's looking good. Matt Ryan, 10 of 14, 106 yards with that touchdown. Coleman, four rushes, 19 yards. Freeman, six rushes, eight yards. So minimal success 
for the Falcons' running game right now. They are having success passing the ball. And going into this week, that was the talk a lot by the experts, is that Atlanta would have success passing against this Eagles defense. And right now, it's definitely trending that direction. And for the Eagles, Nick Foles, 7 out of 9, 53 yards. He's been sacked one time. Um, The rushing game of Jay Ajayi, he's rushing it well against the Falcons. Eight rushes, 50 yards. They brought him over from Miami. The touchdown, though, for the Eagles came on a LeGarrette Blunt touchdown. He's got five rushes, only six yards. But again, that touchdown. Jay Ajayi, like I said earlier, eight rushes for 50 yards. So he's averaging about six and a half yards a carry against the Falcons defense. And Foles isn't really airing it out. Seven completions for 53 yards. That's about seven and a half yards a comp- or on average. 5.9 yards a completion. Clement is the leading wide receiver for the Eagles. Three receptions, 22 yards. Zach Ertz, they got to step it up. You have these wide receivers who you brought in. I mean, you came on this season and tried to improve the offensive side of the football. You brought in Ajay during the season to bolster up that running game. You brought in Blunt from free agency to bolster up that running game. Alshon Jeffrey, where are you? You need to step up. Nick Foles, he's 8 of 10 now. He just completed a pass. We're about three minutes left in the second quarter. Game is on NBC, Falcons and Eagles. But Alshon Jeffrey, you need to step up. The running game needs to, and you know, I'm calling out the Eagles defense. The corners. Got to play harder. Or it's going to be another exit early on in the playoffs for the Philadelphia Eagles who have home field advantage throughout. Would it be this way if Carson Wentz was there? Maybe. But there's no way, but there's no way of knowing right now. Um, we have another game here coming up tonight. And tonight it is Tennessee and New England. Tennessee and New England. So New England again. They have home field advantage throughout the AFC. And so the road to the Super Bowl goes straight through New England. Tomorrow you have Jacksonville and the Steelers. Winner will go on to face the winner of New England and Tennessee. And then tomorrow you have New Orleans and Minnesota. Obviously the winner going on to face the winner of the Eagles and the Falcons. So we got a big sports weekend. Playoffs are here. Very exciting. And I'm going to be watching because I'm going to have something to tell you guys about. Oh, and by the way, the Lakers have just won their fourth game in a row, defeating the Mavericks in overtime, 107-101. So anyone out there saying Lonzo Ball is not impacting this team in a good way needs to look in the mirror. Since he's come back, they're 4-0. When he wasn't there, they lost nine straight games. You do the math. All right, guys, you made it to the end. Thanks for hanging out with me. Be sure to hit the clapping button so that I know which segments that you like the best. Also, be sure to hit the star button to favorite the station and share with your friends. You can also find this podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Pocket Casts. And again, Keith Jackson, thank you for the memories. Appreciate the impact you had in my life when it came to college football. Your family's in my prayers. You'll be missed. And I know I'm saying it to every sports fan out there. Thank you again. See you guys on Tuesday.